Well, good morning. We're so grateful that you could join us. Today is a joyous occasion for a number of reasons. First of all, we get to come together and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. And for that, we are grateful, aren't we? Amen. Amen. And secondly, it's a bittersweet day because we get to celebrate the commissioning and departure of Mike and Marina Schenk as they go abroad, first to Guatemala and then to Bolivia. And so while we're grateful that the Lord is working through them and through us to send them, we also uh, certainly are going to miss our brother and sister. And so today is a day that really is about the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's doing in Mike and Marina. And so we want to make sure that everyone uh, keeps that first and foremost. Let's pray together and invite the Holy Spirit into our, uh, our meeting time and ask that he would bless our, our, our celebration. God, we, we, we're so grateful, Lord, that you have... Um, that you have blessed us with your spirit. We pray, Lord, that you would be here during this time. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would lavish upon us every spiritual blessing, Lord, that you've promised us through Jesus' death. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, energize our time, energize our hearts, give us consolation as we think about the fact that our friends are leaving, and help us, Lord, have, have joy in knowing that they are going to do your work and, and to think of the many people that uh, lives will be touched through them. So, Lord, we pray that you would fill us today, fill us this moment as we stand to sing your praises. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand and sing with us? When the sea is calm and all is right, when I feel your favor flood my life, even in the good, I'll follow you. Even in the good, I'll follow When the boat is tossed upon the waves, and I wonder if you'll keep me safe, even in the storms, I'll follow you. Even in the storms, I'll follow you. And I believe everything that you say you are. I believe and I have seen your unchanging heart in the good things and in the hardest part. I believe and I will follow you. I believe and I will follow When I see the wicked prospering, when I feel I have no voice to sing, even though I want, I'll follow you. Even though I want, I'll follow you. And I believe everything that you say you are. I believe and I have seen your unchanged. Heart in the good things and in the hardest part, I believe and I will follow you. I believe and I will follow you. When I find myself so far from home, and you lead me somewhere I don't want. 
ago Even in my death I'll follow you Even in my death I'll follow you And when I come to end this race I've won And I receive the prize that Christ has won I will be with you in paradise I will be with you in paradise Oh, I believe everything that you say you are I believe and I have seen your unchanging heart In the good place and in the hardest part Believe and I will follow you. I believe and I will follow you. I believe everything that you say you are. I believe and I have seen your unchanging in the good things and in the hardest part. I believe and I will follow you. I believe and All right, this next part I'm very excited about. You guys can remain standing. So uh, does everyone know the song, Lord, You Are Good? Lord, you are good and your mercy endures. You guys? All right, so Mike and Maureen have asked that we do this song in Spanish. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. So I'm going to take you through the lyrics really fast. I'm kind of nervous about it <laughs> in the presence of some fluent Spanish speakers. So um, the first verse... Is Señor, eres fiel, y tu misericordia eterna. So that's Lord, you are. Thanks, bro. <laughs> so, Lord, you are faithful, and your mercy is never ending, it's everlasting. So, uh, that's the verse. Next part is Gente de toda lengua y nación, de generación a generación. Pretty easy to understand what that means. Gente, people, from every tongue and nation, from generation to generation. And then the chorus is really simple. It's te arroramos hoy, alleluia, alleluia. Arroramos hoy, tu eres fiel. So we worship you today, Lord. You are faithful. Um, and that's pretty much it. You guys want to try? Let's do it. Make a joyful noise. De generación a generación 
did it in half time now, so now we're going to do it in double time. <laughs> well, welcome. I want to thank all of you for joining again. My name is Adam Waters. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace Bible Church for those of you who are visiting. Grace Bible Church, we exist for a reason. It's not just to play church. It's to be on mission. It's to carry the message of Jesus Christ to every single person that we meet, regardless if it's in our neighborhood or around the world. Uh, here at Grace Bible Church, we exist to experience and proclaim the forgiveness, healing, and hope that is in Jesus Christ. If you'd like more information about GBC, we encourage you to go to our website, gbcelm.org, or to check us out on all of our uh, social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Like stuff and share it. Even if you don't like it, share it anyway. Let as many people hear about what we do here at GBC as possible. That's why we're here. We have growth groups for so many ages and stages here at Grace Bible Church, and we'd really encourage you to check out the options that we have available, especially for the coming 
uh, fall ministry season. We have some really good ones. I'm excited about uh, quite a few of these. There'll be Bible studies, there'll be fellowship groups. You can register at our website for these. One in particular that I'm really excited about that you'll be hearing more about next week is on developing listening skills for ministry. Did you hear what I said? developing ministry skills for ministry. This is going to be led by our own Bailey Van Winkle, and we are going to meet on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. from September 12th to October 10th, and we're going to learn about how during these isolating times and in your conversations over a cup of coffee, how you can hear what's really going on with somebody, hearing sort of the message below the message oftentimes when you're talking to somebody. And so very important for us as believers who are seeking to minister uh, to those around us who are hurting. So I'd encourage you to take a look at that. So much to pray about. Isn't there so much to pray about? Um, it's like, where do I even begin? If I, feel, if I leave something off, it feels like we haven't emphasized it enough. So just be in prayer about everything. Ask the Lord to just tell you, what do we need to pray about? Pray about it. Be in prayer. But a few of the things that we're going to pray about this morning are, of course, Afghanistan and what's happening there with um, the terror attacks, the evacuation, so on and so forth. We'd also like you to be in prayer for Haiti as they're still recovering after an earthquake, the assassination of their president through a tropical storm, and um, they're hungry and thirsty even as we speak. Pray for unity of our nation. Let's begin with the church. We know that in Illinois the mask mandate's coming back and we're going to have to make hard decisions again at some point. Right? So we need to be able to do this as brothers and sisters of a family with unity. And so that we can be praying for that, that our unity in the nation would start here with us and that we would model what that looks like to the rest of the world. We can be praying for violence in the United States, specifically in Chicago, with so many people who are um, hurt by <laughs> not only death, but sorrow and fear. We can be in prayer uh, for those going on. And then, of course, we have a hurricane, a big one, barreling down on the, uh, you know, what is it? 10 years to the day or something, 16 years to the day, uh, of Hurricane Katrina. And we saw what happened then. And so we can hope that any mitigations that they've done since then are going to work. Well, we're going to find out today. And so we can be in prayer for those people. So please join me as we uh, bow our heads and we raise our hearts uh, to the Lord. Father, nothing that's happening in this world is a surprise to you. For not only are you watching it and seeing it right now, Lord, you knew it would happen from eternity past. And for that reason, Lord, we praise you. We know that our whole lives, everything, every aspect of this creation is safely in your hands. Though we admit, Father, it doesn't always look like it. It looks like there is no control and that we're surrounded by chaos. It looks like those who would exalt themselves against you are winning. And it seems like those who would bring the message of forgiveness, healing, and hope are failing. Yet, Lord, we look to you and we trust you. We pray, Lord, that you would work further faith in us, that we would cry out to you when things get hard instead of looking to ourselves and trying to figure out how do I accomplish this. We pray, Father, for our brothers and sisters in the church in Afghanistan. We pray for those who are being persecuted even now for their witness for you. And we ask that you would give them peace Enjoy amid everything that's happening. We pray, Lord, for the families during this time of uh, tumult there. We pray, Lord, that the message of the gospel would flourish there in that nation despite the chaos and that many would turn to Jesus and find peace and salvation. We praise you, Lord, that Afghanistan has the second largest growing church in the world. We pray, Father, that you would protect them as a mother hen protects her chicks. So you would cover them, Lord, in another modern-day Passover. We look to you, Lord, in faith. We pray for our service members, 
for our civilians, our allies, many who were our eyes and ears on the ground. We pray, Lord, that you would give them strength and courage. We pray, Lord, that you would keep them safe and get them out where necessary. We pray, Father, that you would move within us to be a praying people. Help us, Lord, to pray for the Taliban when we don't want to. You ordered us, you commanded us, you told us to pray for our enemies, and we ask, Lord, that you would bless those men and women who are following after false doctrine, Lord, who are following an idol. We pray, Lord, that their hearts would be changed, that they would come to see you for who you really are, the Messiah. We pray, Lord, for Haiti and what is occurring there in that nation. We ask, Lord, uh, that you would give them peace, give them resources, move believers in that country and from outside of that country, Lord, to go in and help to bring respite and comfort and peace. But, Lord, we look to you. Haitians are hungry and thirsty right now, and we ask that you would provide for them, Lord, and use us if necessary. We pray for the unity of our nation, and we ask that it would begin here. Knit our hearts together, just as we're united in one spirit between us and even among the rest of the church around the world. We pray, Lord, that it would be shown in the way that we love and care for one another. We pray, Lord, for the violence in the United States and around the world, but specifically, Lord, Chicago. We pray for the violence that has killed so many, hurt so many families, and broken so many hearts. We pray that those who are living in fear would turn to you in trust. But you got to do it, Lord. So we look to you in faith for that answer. We thank you, Lord, for our many resources that you've lavished upon us here. We pray that as we give some back to you, Lord, that you would use it to grow your kingdom in any way you see fit. Help us, Lord, to trust you in every aspect of our lives, including with our money. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I prayed, one of the ways we worship is through our giving, and you can, uh, if you choose to give an offering, there's offering boxes outside of the atrium doors here. For those of you who are online, we have uh, the link in the Facebook page that you can give online. Many of you here at church give online anyway. It's kind of painless. I don't even think about it much anymore. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but uh, it just comes out, and so I'm grateful for that. So we'd encourage you, no matter how you do it, just thank you for your generosity. As I mentioned, we're a church on mission, and we're so blessed not only to be sending Mike and Marina, but we're also receiving Josh and Sada Whitman from Imola, Italy. And so this is a doubly joyful occasion, and so we're going to ask them to come up and to share a little bit uh, about what they've been doing in Italy, which we know has hit so hard, especially in some of the first waves of COVID. And so uh, let's stand in awe what the Lord's been doing. Well, it's great to be back here. Um, it's been six years, so our, our family has changed a little bit. Uh, we have an extra person uh, that has joined us. He's five years old, Benjamin. But we're just so thankful to be back uh, with you. Thank you for your faithful support, for your prayer, for just being part of God's ministry in Italy that he's doing through us. So we're, we're just so uh, happy to be able to be here this morning. Sara? Oh, I would like to introduce myself in case some of you don't know me. Uh, as you can hear from my accent, uh, I am Italian, a real Italian, the real Italian of the couple. Uh, I, <laughs> I was born and raised in the city of Bologna, uh, which is in the northeast of Italy. I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, I got saved uh, when I was 16 years old in a Christian camp. And uh, when I was 19 years old, uh, God put in my heart 
uh, a burden for my home country and uh, a desire to serve him in Italy where the majority of Italians don't know the true gospel. Yep, so one of the things uh, that we're doing, or the major thing they're doing is uh, planting a church. So how do you do that? Through evangelism, discipleship. We organize many events. Uh, during the year, though we've kind of taken a little break because of COVID, but you can pray that as things um, hopefully move in the right direction in Italy, that we'll be able to organize these events. Again, we've actually had some very positive outcomes of this COVID time. Um, some new ministries that have started up, whether it's a men's ministry, we've had some new families join the church uh, after the lockdowns because they just you know, need to be part of a church. Uh, we've also, we also have a new ministry, which is the video ministry. So we live stream our services every Sunday morning, and we have two or 300 people every week that are logging in and checking out what we're doing in our church. And I'll remind you, our church is very small. We have about 25, 30 people. And so we have two or 300 people from the community that are just curious to see uh, what this church is all about. So thank you again for your prayers. Um, just continue praying. Also for our trip, we actually leave uh, this afternoon for Italy. We'll be leaving for the airport around 3 o'clock. Is that right, Tom? 3, 3.30? Uh, so uh, our big prayer request is that they'll accept all of our heavy suitcases and carry-ons and that we can get to Italy safely uh, tomorrow, tomorrow evening. So pray as the ministries, uh, some new ministries start back up, whether it's a kids club, uh, all these things that we've begun but ha kind of had to have a break because of the COVID. Uh, and just thank you. Thank you for your, uh, your support. We do have new prayer cards. Uh, please grab one, grab 10, grab as many as you would like. We're trying to get rid of them. We leave today. So please, please take them. We don't have any more space in the suitcases and Tom will verify that uh, for you. So again, thank you for your support and thank you for everything. You we'll stay up here. Okay. Let's just take a moment to, um, to pray for Josh and Sada and for what they're doing. So. Father, we do, uh, we do love you, and we thank you for Josh and Sara and the kids. We thank you for their calling and their life. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed them uh, with so much. We pray, Lord, that their ministry would expand, that you would grow through them, that, Lord, as they continue to look to you for your power, that you would continue to work through them and grow your name and fame uh, there in Imola and around, and really around the world through this uh, digital ministry. We pray, Lord, uh, very practically, that all 11 suitcases will make it on the plane. We pray, Lord, that, that everything would make it, that we get there on time. We pray, Lord, that the flight would be safe and that uh, they would land refreshed and ready to be back about the Lord's business there in Italy. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for their hearts. We ask that you would knit them together as a, as a husband and wife, that they would grow closer so as to minister from a team, uh, the team you've ordained. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Okay, so we're going to move into a time now of testimonies, okay? We actually have several of them, and the first one is by our very own Mike and Marina Shank, and so we'd like them to come up. They're going to give a testimony of their calling to the ministry field, mission field. Good morning, GBC family. So our calling wasn't a single experience or a specific time of prayer. Um, we didn't ever hear the Lord's audible voice, but instead our calling into missions came about through a series of events and experiences and communities. One of those influential communities is this family right here, Grace Bible Church. Um, 
the passion that Grace has for world missions um, was especially influential for Mike growing up here. And I, too, had the opportunity to grow up in a church that was passionate about missions. And we both had opportunities to go on short-term missions trips uh, through our churches and through our time at Grace College. And I was also able to spend some time in Columbia as a missionary, um, as a single person. Um, And after college, and after that time in Columbia, we got married. And after the Lord's provision of paying off our student loans and also for uh, allowing me to go to grad school, um, we continued to have this desire to go into ministry cross-culturally. And after prayer and discernment and encouragement, specifically from Pastor Adam and the GBC Missions Board, um, we started to pursue um, and be involved in South America Mission. We started that process. And then after more prayer and discernment, um, and with the help of leaders at South America Mission, including Kirk Ogden, who's here with us today, uh, we feel that the Lord is calling us to Bolivia to serve the people of Bolivia. Um, and, you know, at the end of the book of Matthew, uh, Jesus calls us to make disciples of all nations. And that's what we want to do. We want to be obedient to him to make disciples in Guatemala and Bolivia. Yeah, we recently had a friend ask us about that calling story, right? And we, we kind of said, you know, we didn't have that specific experience. And we talked about the scripture. And he's like, you know what? We got to be based on the scripture, right? Um, so our story is maybe, maybe a little bit different than some other people's, um, but why Bolivia? Um, originally, Bolivia was not really on our radar. We didn't really know a ton about Bolivia, um, but as we went through this process of exploring the different possibilities and praying through it, um, we just felt like that's where the Lord was, was leading us to go. Um, some people might ask, why Bolivia or why Latin America? Um, Kirk probably gets this question a lot, being the director of South American Mission. Um, aren't a lot of people Christians already in Latin America? Um, but then the question is, well, wh- what do we really mean by that? What do we really mean? Is it a Christian society? Because when you look at the things going on in the society, um, there's a lot of um, corruption. There's a lot of abuse. There's a lot of broken families, right? There's a lot of things that do not reflect transformation by the gospel. Um, and so we're praying that... Um, that the Lord would do that by his power, that he would bring about transformation. So we are excited to be moving to the city of Santa Cruz, Bolivia, um, to serve there and to see the kingdom of God built up. We want to be a blessing to the people of Bolivia to see uh, what God is already doing there through self-sustaining evangelical churches flourish. We want to be in partnership with churches and pastors and ministries um, that are already there. So one thing that we're excited about is um, to see a movement of collaboration, to see churches and Christian ministries working together to say, how can we see more churches planted? How can we see more leaders raised up to see um, this city, Santa Cruz, reached uh, for the kingdom? Another thing we're excited about is to be part of a ministry called Proclama, which helps the church in Bolivia to raise up train and send out their own missionaries, if that's to rural areas in Bolivia, um, if it's to places like Asia or Africa, uh, wherever the Lord may be leading people to go. But we know that um, amidst those different possibilities, also hoping that Marina can do some English teaching, um, specifically as it relates to Proclama and preparing missionaries to go, we know that we have to be flexible. Uh, We know that ministry is probably not always going to look like what we expect it to look like. Kirk is smirking over here if you can't see him. Um, But 
we know that ultimately we're called to a person. Um, we're called to Jesus. We're called to follow Jesus. And we're called to be obedient to what he is, is leading us to do. Um, but we're so thankful for all of you, Grace Bible Church, um, just for this church family, for the family of God um, and what he has done in you all. And just for your investment in me. I've been part of this church for 15 years. Um, I can just look around the room and see the different faces, people who have invested in me personally, been friends, mentors, um, thinking about youth group, um, to Awana, to all kinds of things. So I'm just so thankful for the years of that. And also even just for now, it's, it's a huge honor for us to be sent out um, from, from Grace Bible Church as missionaries um, and to have the partnership with you all. So, um, yeah, we just pray that the Lord would be glorified and that he would work in us and through us for his glory. And we don't just send out anybody. The Lord calls people who are people of character. They're ambassadors of the gospel. They're people who proclaim their character and uh, reflect the image of God to the world around them. So we're going to do a testimony now of character, of Mike and Marina's character and how God has worked through them. So I want to invite uh, the people from Familia up. So we have Brian and Nate. Come on up here. And then Shannon. Where's Shannon? Shannon, you come on up. I guess I would be Brian. (laughs) I first met Mike and Marina on my second time showing up at church about three years ago. Mike invited me to this group called Familia, so I thought I would give it a try. It was a little awkward at first, new church, new growth group, new surroundings. I was stepping out of my comfort zone, but both Mike and Marina made me feel like I was at home. The studies they gave were challenging. The prayer time was uplifting. You could tell that they had a real strong relationship with God, and they weren't afraid to challenge others in their walk with God. Mike and I formed this kind of mentor, mentorship bond where we would go to each other for spiritual, spiritual guidance and or understanding. One day, Mike and Marina asked if I would co-lead familiar with them. They had already asked Nate, and now they were asking me. They wanted me to pray about it first before I answered. (laughs) With excitement, I had already said yes in my mind, but still prayed about it like they had asked me. From that point on, Mike and Marina poured into Nate and my lives, training us, teaching us, and sculpting us into the co-leaders we are today. Mike and Marina, I'm going to miss you guys. The Lord is going to use you both to greatly glorify him. Thank you. Hello, Grace Bible. My name is Nate Rocha, and I've had the privilege of having a great brother and sister in Christ in Mike and Marina. Um, After high school, I wanted to find a young adult Bible study group, um, and that is where I first met Mike here at Grace uh, Bible. Um, At the first um, time, um, God was redirecting my path, and I was going through some personal struggles at that time I first came. And uh, that first day of young adult group, I felt right at home. Um, I was introduced to Mike and many others who I'm very grateful to this day through grace. Um, It wasn't until years later that I was able to get to know Mike and Marina on a deeper level through Familia Bible Studies. Um, 
and they hosted it at their apartment. From that time on, I was able to see how driven and passionate they were about ministering and getting to know God, uh, who he really was with us. As we got deeper into our studies and prayer time, you could see that they were vulnerable as well. Not, not all the time were things going the way that they had planned that they were, um, but they were always available for us. So I myself began to grow more as a result of this because it taught me to be more open. Whether we had a crowded room or it was only a few of us, there was always consistency for us. We were loved for, prayed for, and taught Bible truth. They are a great example for me of what it means to have a servant's heart. I've been inspired through, to, I've been inspired through them to live my life for Christ and to lead others for Christ as well. We are going to miss them, but we know that God has big plans for them. We are excited to see what God is going to do with their ministry in Bolivia. We will be keeping you both and baby Moses in continual prayer that God will guide and direct your paths. Thank you for believing in me when I didn't, and we will carry on the examples you have set for us. So we'll miss you guys. I've known Mike and Marina for about four years now, and I walked into church, and I had actually come to see my nephew Calvin because I hadn't seen him in a while, who is Adam's son, obviously. <laughs> and um, I walked in and talked to a few people, but made my rounds, saw my nephew, did what I had to do, and was ready to leave. But I walked out that door, and Mike and Marina were sitting at that table. And they had their cards for Familia, and I walked up to them, and we talked for a few minutes. And I knew after about one that they were very strong Christians. And I remember thinking to myself, as I often did, when I saw people who were put together and strong in their faith, and I thought, wow, my life's a little too messy for them. There's no way we'll be friends. <laughs> I don't think they would want someone like me. I've got kind of a lot going on here. <laughs> And I couldn't have been more wrong because it's because of Marina's continual text asking me, hey, are you coming tonight? Hey, come on by. <laughs> and it took a little while and some encouragement, but I started going. And um, at Familia, sometimes it was the one time a week. I'm really trying not to cry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, sometimes it was the one time a week I would hear truth. And... They would speak to me like a person, no matter what kind of simple questions I would ask or obvious questions, and they would never look at me with anything other than love and kindness and patience. And through the past four years, I've gotten to know them and their character, and it has been one of the biggest blessings in my life because they have become not only some of my best friends, but people who are truly like family, and as I think of them, Going off to Bolivia, it really is the definition of better, bittersweet because I think I can speak for all of us. We have so much love in our hearts for you and see how much you love the Lord and how you not only listen to what he calls you to, but you are willing to do it. And you have been such a beautiful example of followers of Christ, not only for myself, but for so many others at Amelia and throughout this church. And although I'm going to miss my friends dearly, I've seen 
the character that you exemplify among people of all kinds of backgrounds and walks of life. And I couldn't think of two people more better suited for this mission and to go into a place fearlessly and following the Lord no matter what he calls you to do. And I can't wait to hear about who you are bringing to know the Lord over there because that is the most amazing thing you can ask for. And I've seen how you and your words and kindness and time you've poured into my life. And I'm so excited to see how that impacts others over in Bolivia. We love you guys and we'll miss you, but I'm so proud of you and excited to see what you do. All right, so now we'll have a testimony of competence. We'll have Kirk come on up and talk a little bit about what they did uh, to vet them for the field. Good morning. Testimony of competence sounds a little bit like I should present a resume, right, to the, why they're qualified. And, you know, they do have tremendous qualifications. Maureen has already lived in, in Columbia. Mike has great training. He's preached from this pulpit, uh, an advanced degree from Marina to equip themselves for ministry. We put them through a months-long discernment process, not an application, a discernment process. They've been through the Center for Intercultural Training to prepare them. Uh, and uh, we're even sending them, they're going to Guatemala first instead of directly to Bolivia to be in a context of a church in Latin America where they can be mentored and continue to be uh, prepared for ministry. So we're really excited about that. One of the things I've come to believe is that our greatest competence is our incompetence. And the real competence that we see in Mike and Marina is that they have understood their own incompetence and their dependence on the Lord, and that's the source of ministry. And so that's why we're excited that they're going to serve the nations. And finally, thought, we thought it would be pretty awesome to have uh, missionaries who are on the field give a word of encouragement to missionaries who are going on the field. So we're going to invite um, Josh and Sada back up. I'm about to cry, too. <laughs> but it's uh, such a, a joyful day for us, too, to see like a young couple, like you with a baby, uh, leaving for the field. Uh, we were young, like you, 14 years ago with a baby. And um, I'm looking forward to what God is going to do through you for his glory. Um, I have something for you, Marina. Marina, uh, remember that your first ministry is, for, uh, is your family. Uh, as a, a wife and a mother, uh, sometimes you will feel like you're not doing much for the ministry. But uh, your role uh, in your family is essential as a prayer warrior, an encourager to your husband, and a godly example. I'll be praying for you. Um, so Mike and Marina, you've already said it, Mike, but I'll just uh, re-emphasize it. Be flexible with your ministry expectations. Um, be ready to do things that you didn't think you'd be doing. Um, maybe that you're not trained to do or prepared to do. I'll give you just a couple examples. Uh, we've done basketball camps. Um, and what I hate basketball. Uh, we're not prepared for that. <laughs> Uh, but God used that, and God will use you in ways that you can't even expect um, that will be incredible. So just um, you know, be ready to do, to do that, and obviously to encourage your wife uh, in that too. Um, we have a Bible passage to read um, for you this morning. I think they'll be on the PowerPoint. Uh, correct? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we'll be reading the first 12 
verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Thank you, Josh and Sarah. That, uh, in some ways, was the sermon. That word, spoken to you by people who are living it, is the word of God for your souls. I've really enjoyed being in this passage, and I could talk about it for hours. That's not the threat that preachers sometimes use um, at the beginning. I'm not going to do that. But I think I would love to commend this passage to this church, even for the balance of this year. As the Whitmans return to Italy, as Mike and Marina go to Guatemala, would you add into your normal devotional time just a little time in this passage every day, using it to pray for them? I think it will mean a lot to them, and it will engage you well with their journey. Today, I want to take a little bit of time uh, to maybe give you a roadmap of the passage so that you can continue to do that. Uh, we cannot do everything we would like to. But uh, the roadmap begins recognizing that this is a famous passage. It's a passage with such great imagery and so famous they even named a band after it. Jars of Clay. It also, that phrase is powerful because it reminds me of my own inadequacy. It keeps it constantly before me. But I want to kind of pull us away from that phrase and give us three things that I would love for you to take away from our time together as you continue. First, and let me be honest, this is largely a message to Mike and Marina that the rest of you get to hear. First, that this ministry is a mercy. Second, 
that God's power intersecting your weakness is a treasure map to eternal life. And third, treasure. That phrase, in jars of clay, is so powerful it distracts us, but it's a prepositional phrase. It says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. This passage is not about us. It's about the treasure that we have because of our Savior, who is our very treasure. The passage begins with my favorite word, therefore. I know you thought the answer is always Jesus, right? No, therefore is my favorite word. I even named a mission movement after it. You can ask about therefore alliance at another time. But I love it because it is a word that uh, is full of power and communicates so much. Some of you will have heard that handy Bible study uh, uh, mechanism that says, whenever you see therefore, you have to ask what's the therefore, therefore. It's great to help uh, in inductive Bible study. Uh, But it's so much more than that. It is a word of authority. One of the famous therefore passages, of course, is the Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples. What precedes that, that, that phrase, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, is Jesus saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, it is a word that talks about power. Second, it's a word that has consequences. This is a little bit of a therefore party in 2 Corinthians. In chapter 3, it says, therefore, we are very bold. Here in in 4.1, it says, therefore, uh, we do not lose heart. And again in 4.16, therefore, we do not lose heart. There's always consequences in this therefore. And it's almost always an active consequence. It's not, therefore, it rains, a passive voice. It's, therefore, we do not lose heart. And that consequence is uh, so powerful as well. Finally, therefore is a word that makes sense of craziness. You know, when you hear the testimonies of La Familia up here, it doesn't make sense for Mike and Marina to leave that. When you know the fellowship that they've been part of here and the impact they are already having, why would they leave that? When you have uh, Lou Malnati's pizza, like we did last night, you would think, why would they leave that? It therefore helps us make sense of what to the world looks like foolishness. So what is the consequence here? The consequence here is therefore we do not lose heart. There's a little bit of uh, an idea of almost embarrassment that Paul is trying to justify himself in, in the preceding verses it talks about. Do we need a letter of recommendation Here's the Apostle Paul saying, look, we do not need a letter of recommendation. Even though it looks like we're falling apart, we do not lose heart. It's a big deal for the folks of Corinth who are going through all kinds of things because of this new faith that has emerged in the world and they're trying to follow it and there's a difficulty on every side and they see the Apostle Paul suffering and they say, how can this be right? So it's a big deal that there's this consequence for the people of Corinth. It's a big deal for us today. We had a tremendous time of prayer, and I really appreciate how this church specifically prays for the needs of the world uh, and engages it. I feel like even the question, how are you doing in these days, is one of the hardest questions. Because even when it's going well, I'm almost embarrassed to say that. 
because I see hardship and difficulty and suffering on every side. But even in that place, we do not lose heart. This consequence is a big consequence for Mike and Marina. Today is bitter sweet, we've said. There will come days that are just bitter. Days of, that feel like death. Days that are hard. Days that make you doubt that calling you just affirmed. And that idea that there is something that would mean that you do not lose heart in those circumstances doesn't make sense. But that consequence is a big deal for you. And it's a big deal for Josh and Sada as they return to a hard-hearted place like Italy to preach the gospel. So what is the reason? Usually the reason for the, for the, the consequence comes before. You know, it comes before the word therefore. But Paul in this passage, it's almost like he forgot to give the full reason, right? So he says, therefore, oh yeah, yeah, since we have this ministry by God's mercy... That's the reason we don't lose heart. We have this ministry by God's mercy. Mike and Marina, this is a mercy past for you. Mike and Marina, the shanks are exactly the people who should not have this job. It is only by God's mercy. Josh and Sarah are not folks who were God's gift to Italy. They were broken sinners who were lost just like Mike and Marina were broken sinners and lost and have no business being agents of the living God. But by God's mercy, even though you were in death, God gave you eternal life and said, not only am I going to give you life, I'm going to let you join in what I'm doing. That is his mercy to you. When you remember that, you cannot lose heart. It is a mercy past. And I know many of you are saying, look, stop talking about Mike and Marina like that, right? We know them. They're the best we got. You know, when we do that, we're stealing their therefore. Because entitlement leads to discouragement. If they ever begin to believe that they have this ministry because they're competent, because they're good enough, because they're skilled, because they have the right degrees, when that hardship comes, you have stolen their therefore. And they will lose heart. We rejoice and we have hope because it's a miracle that you get to do this. So as we continue to say it's a mercy past, we also recognize it's a mercy present. I already said that Mike and Marina are exactly the people who should never have this job. Mike and Marina are exactly the people who need this job now. God uses this work to presently guard, sanctify, and preserve you. I find that all the time in my work. You have an imposter standing before you, a guy with a title of a director of a mission organization who is desperately in need of grace every day. And God uses my role to continue to call me to himself and to call me to repentance. Mike and Marina, I have every confidence that the things you go through, the opportunities that you have to share, will build up in you the understanding of who Jesus is to you and will be a crucial part of the sanctifying work of Jesus in your lives. 
just earlier this week, we had a couple come through our office uh, who left for the mission field in 1971. Uh, 51 years of experience in some very remote and hard settings in Brazil. Uh, the husband, Wes, had grown up in, on 800 acres in Montana, fishing and hunting and enjoying life. And when he moved to Brazil in 1971, he went to Sao Paulo, a big city to learn Portuguese. And he said, it was like dying. And after learning Portuguese, they moved on to another ministry. And after a few years, we were moved to another place and developed an incredible ministry in one area. And then sin entered one of the folks that were there and created great division. And they had to leave. And it was like dying again. And then they had used that extraordinary experience to start one of the most fruitful ministries that we have seen in South America, mission at a training center. And after a number of years, there was another situation where they had to leave and go to a new place, and it was like dying again. And Wes, at the end of telling that story, said, dying is a profitable experience. Mike and Marina, the hardship that you're going to go through, the ministry that you have is going to be at hard at times, and that is a profitable experience for your souls. You have this ministry by God's mercy. It is achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all, as it says in verse 17 that we didn't get to. So what are the implications and application uh, of this idea that we do not lose heart. The idea of not losing heart only makes sense in this concept of hardship, right? If everything's going great, yeah, sure, we don't lose heart. We need this when things are difficult. We um, have this ministry in jars of clay. Honey, will you pass me that? We have this ministry in jars of clay. Jars of clay are so ordinary to be almost unnoticeable. Now, one of the ways that the consequences is that it follows immediately in the passage is Paul says, we renounce sinful and shameful ways. Because Paul is recognizing that there is in ministry a temptation to chase status and recognition, right? And I always feel for missionaries who come to visit and get a few minutes to summarize the impact of the last six years since they've been here and what they're going to go do for Jesus when they get back. And to really be impressive to you because you're the one sending them out. And as much as you say, hey, this is grace, we're okay, there is no way we don't feel that. Amen? <laughs> it is going to be very tempting for Mike and Marina to go out and feel like, okay, we've got to justify the investment of this church in X results over time. And Paul is recognizing that even for him, that's there. In fact, it's so tempting that for some, they figure out ways to manufacture the goods. Sin, sinful and shameful ways. And the idea is somehow we're going to turn this ordinary jar into something more pretty that everybody likes to look a little bit more at. But the other consequence in renouncing that and recognizing who they are is that a jar of clay is fragile. If I was a little bolder and I wasn't worried about shards cutting somebody's feet later, I'd throw this down and break it right now, right? That would be a dramatic illustration. You'd remember, hey, who was that guy who came? <laughs> Broke the pot. 
The, the passage that we didn't get to continues and says, um, we, talks about the troubles as light and momentary. The troubles that Paul had were anything but light and momentary from the world's perspective, right? The troubles that my friend, the Sangs, went through and their continual dying was anything, were anything but light and momentary. Mike and Marina, I would be lying to you if I said, hey, Guatemala, light and momentary. Bolivia, piece of cake. The truth is that from a worldly perspective, they are hard. And the only thing that makes them light and momentary is the comparison that happens. And that's what Jesus says is, this is so ordinary so that we can see what is really valuable. Our brokenness, our willingness to endure that highlights the worthiness of Jesus. Mike and Marina and those called to this kind of ministry are a treasure map to eternal life. And seeing the choices they make, the way they communicate, the ways they're willing to suffer, the texts they send that continue to say, are you coming tonight? Those things become a treasure map. It's hard to invite people ongoing and, and not sure if they're coming. We feel vulnerable. It's hard to be far away from those we love. But by doing so, they are pointing us to Jesus. Now, to some extent, this is a passage for all of us, but to some extent, it's really a passage for those with a particular call. I was, I was, as I was doing the study, I recognized that Paul was writing to believers. And he's distinguishing what they are going through, Paul and his companions, compared to, to the believers. Death is at work in us, so that life is at work in you. Is everyone a missionary? The popular answer is, yes, everybody's a missionary. And we can have that argument at the end of the day, because I would say, no, everybody's not a missionary. Everybody who knows Jesus is a witness. But the particular call to endure this is a little bit different. Not every one of you should pursue, presume to be teachers. Mike and Marina, as you take on this role and you go through this suffering, remember that along with it, is that promise, that all-surpassing power. Isn't that incredible that through this, you have access to the same power that raised Jesus from the dead? And that is most evident when you are at your weakest and most broken. You are joining the company of the called, like Paul and others who have said, we are willing for death to be at work in us so that life will be working and work at you. Now, I do think this has a broader um, application to the body, right? It's interesting, uh, and death is at work in our body. In scripture, we see that the body is an image of the body of Christ, is the body of Christ, right? There is suffering for this congregation as you send folks out. My guess is you would rather have them stay if it were for your own good. But you, it is costing you, and you are willing to undo these things, not just these things, but the other things that you endure as a congregation, so that as you endure those things, life would be available to the world. Now, I know that there are some kids in the room uh, today, and for you, I should have really broken this, right? I think it's exciting that Mike grew up here, that Marina comes from a church, too, that had a great witness, because kids... As you see people like this, 
you have an example to follow and to see. Not because they're the coolest people in the church, but because God can use ordinary people like you. Some of you may be called to be part of God's work here. But kids, some of you might be like Mike, who's sitting here and hearing the testimony of God's work in the world, hear God's calling and saying, I want to say, here am I, send me. All right, we've been doing a lot of talk about Mike and Maureen and about the church, and that's always our temptation, isn't it? We are so personally centric, but what did I say was the third point? What is the center of this? It is our treasure. Verse 5 says, we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. This service today is not a service about Mike and Marina. It is a service about there is a King Jesus who reigns, who has come, who has given himself for us, who died on the cross, who was raised from the dead and is seated on the right hand of the Father and even now is interceding so that he might rescue a people for himself and for his own glory. What a treasure! Mike and Marina, as well as all who are professing believers here have seen the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And even our frailties, even the brokenness, even our releasing folks from this church to leave us in person, but to be present with us in spirit, even that magnifies the worthiness of Jesus and his work in the world. It's a treasure map. Church, your formation has led them to this point. Now they have become your servants to preach Jesus back to you in this obedience. Young people, they have been in your midst and they are a treasure map. Not to find what the world is offering you, but to see what Jesus offers you. Visitors, I don't know, maybe some of you are here not because you're part of this church or because you have a deep relationship with Jesus, but because you have known Mike and Marina and you admire something about them and you think, this is crazy, but I want to be able to say goodbye. Or some of you who are just trying to still make decisions, you're part of this church, but you continue to make decisions The act of obedience that is foolishness in the light of the world is a treasure map for you as well. It doesn't make sense unless Jesus is king and he is worth following. And I know that Mike and Marina would know, love nothing more than in going to Guatemala and going to Bolivia to proclaim Jesus that Christ might be proclaimed to you and that you might discover eternal life through this service and through this act today. Mike and Marina, it's not just a, uh, a treasure map. You are not just a treasure map for others. You're a treasure map for yourselves as well. God is preaching the gospel to you. You have this ministry by God's mercy. So where are we? We've talked about three things. We've talked about we have this ministry by God's mercy. God is working in us and through us. That in our lives we are a treasure map to the greatest treasure there is, Jesus is Lord and eternal life.
And then the treasure itself, that Jesus is worthy of all praise and glory. Mike and Marina, all that you are being called to, Jesus has done for you already. All that needs to be earned has been earned for you. You are following your Lord in obedience. Jesus, who though being in very nature God, made himself nothing and took on the nature of a servant, humbling himself even to death. May you be filled with the light of the knowledge of the glory of God so that you will be inwardly renewed day by day. Church, believers, Mike and Marina's obedience is pointing to the Savior for you so that you might be renewed and strengthened in your faith. Let's look with them in faith, not at what is seen, but what is unseen, which is eternal. Thank you so much, Kirk. I'd like to take this opportunity to invite uh, Ann and Ted up, Mike and Marina's mother and father, and they are going to give a blessing uh, to their son, their daughter-in-law, and that grandbaby who's going all the way to Bolivia. I'm such a lefty. Um, Mike, Marina, Moses, we're going to read Psalm 46 to you. God is your refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Not going to cry. Therefore, you shouldn't fear, though the earth give way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with you, Mike, Marina, and Moses. The God of Jacob is your fortress. Come, Mike, Marina, and Moses, behold the works of the Lord. How he brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still, know that he is God. He will be exalted among the nations. He will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with you, Mike, Marina, and Moses. The God of Jacob is your fortress. And Mike, I just want to add, and Marina, that Ephesians 2.10 tells us that you are his workmanship, created in God for good works, which he has prepared ahead of time that you would walk in them. 
And I, I know since you were teenagers, you did this in rural Iowa. Mike, you did it here at Grace. You guys went and met at Grace College in Winona Lake, Indiana. And that wonderful day, March 4th, 2017, you were joined as one flesh and you came here, ministered to us since then, and now he has this new chapter for you. And God is gonna bless you so much. And we bless you because you have blessed all of us here so much. Amen. Okay, let's hear from the other half. Gino. We're blessed to have Gino. This is Marina's father. Come on up, sir. Hello. I want to read uh, uh, Romans 10, 14, 15. How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of who they have not heard? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are those feet or those who bring the gospel. Bless Marina and Mike. Beautiful feats. Amen. Okay, so I have Tom, the chairperson of the missions board, coming up and give a charge to Mike and Marina. So Mike, Marina, if you guys would come up here as well. We'll just have them stand this way and then. <clears throat> <laughs> well, what a day, I'll tell you. And it's uh, been quite a journey already for you in preparing, right? Just to stand here, tickets in hand, <laughs> COVID tests tomorrow, right? Today. Today? Oh, my goodness. Uh, saying goodbye to friends and family to follow the Lord's call. It's not easy. It's not easy. You've heard from familia, from family, and now from the church. This church is your home. We're all part of their family. Well, we've heard the testimony about your call about your character, and I'm not going to say competence. I'll say capability. <laughs> Maybe possibility, right? Because that's what the Lord does as he uses us. And we're thrilled to partner with you in this work that the Lord has for you. To be your sending and supporting church. Amen? Amen. I hope you have a lot of these. They have prayer cards. Pick one up. So important to know how to pray for our family, especially as they begin, let's say, a new life. And that's pretty much the case. Okay, so the charge. I'm going to ask you to commit to a few things and then call upon you to say that you will or maybe you won't. We'll see, okay? 
The chaos of the world today, and we prayed about some of that chaos earlier, right? It reveals that the good news of eternal life through Jesus Christ is the world's only hope. I mean, that's the context of why we do this. So will you commit to live every day looking to and trusting in him and in the Spirit's power? To walk worthy with him in confident hope. That word is so important. Hope in the scripture is not wishful thinking. It's expectation. To walk worthy with him in confident hope. Whatever the future brings. To proclaim him. To proclaim him. Working alongside. You know, it's one thing to proclaim. And it's another to proclaim as a team. Working alongside others. That's a whole new thing, right? Other Christians and colleagues that you'll be working with. To build his church life on life, one by one. To share with us, your family here, your burdens, your joys, and your plans. That's what these prayer cards are all about. If so, say, we will. We will. Amen. Shay? What a pleasure it is to, to be with you here on this day. Um, yeah, I'm really here to represent the congregation and propose a charge to all of us as members of your family. Um, it has been a joy and a pleasure for all of us to be around you. You know, everybody who we interact with, we leave fingerprints on them. Oh, I need to speak this way. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we, we leave fingerprints on them and you have given us so many fingerprints of joy and blessings, and it's amazing, and we thank you so much for that. Um, you know, we're all very excited about the great adventure that you've been called to. We really are. Um, and this is the perfect time for us as a congregation to reaffirm our commitment to you, having already voted and gone through all of the administrative things that we need to do, but to reaffirm our commitment to you. So this is my charge to myself and all of you as a congregation. Mike and Marina have already committed to share their burdens, joys, and plans with us. As they share these with us, will you support this family, Mike, Marina, and baby Moses, I'll probably always be called baby Moses, um, and commit to providing the financial support needed to meet all of the material needs of their ministry to provide intellectual and emotional support during life's challenges and burdens when they come up, to weep when they weep, um, and to provide spiritual support through faithful prayer, seeking their humility, their perseverance, and faith during these times of burden and challenges, requesting wisdom, courage, and diligence as they make plans and execute them, and rejoicing and praising with them as they experience the glory and the victory that God has in store for his plans. If so, say, we will. We will.
Okay, so now we're going to lay hands on this couple, including baby Moses. He's going to be 25 years old coming back. We're going to call him baby Moses. It's okay, though. Look at him, Pastor Ren. It's funny. It's like passing the plate. This is passing the baby. Okay, so I'd like to invite the mission board up. Uh, Mom and Dad. Come on up, Gino, Ann, and Ted. Let's have Josh and Sada come up. Some missionaries on the field already. And of course we have Kirk here. And let's either lay hands on them or maybe we just create a chain and create energy all the way through. The Spirit's already joined us anyhow, so we can show it that way. All right. And bow your heads with me as we pray this prayer of commissioning. Almighty God, we pray that you look with grace upon your servants, Mike and Marina who today affirmed their commitment to follow Christ and to serve in his name to the people of Guatemala and Bolivia. We pray, Father, that you bless them with courage in the face of fear and anxiety, patience in the face of hardship and struggle, and vision in the face of uncertainty. Father, it has been your good will to prepare this couple for this day and for this mission. We thank you for your superintending hand upon every aspect of their lives. Lord Jesus, we thank you for giving us all a message of forgiveness, healing, and hope by your death on the cross for sinners. We pray, Lord, that you would work mightily through Mike and Marina as they carry that message to those who your spirit has prepared to hear and believe. We pray, Lord, that your power would eclipse Mike and Marina's power, just as your power eclipsed the power of your first messenger, John the Baptist. Just as he humbled himself to magnify you, so may Mike and Marina serve in godly humility and utmost dependence upon you every day of their lives. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would energize the efforts of this couple, open the eyes of those to whom they would minister, illuminate the scriptures to Mike and Marina, that they would proclaim boldly the good news of Jesus, strengthen them for the coming days of adversity, and continue to grow Christ-likeness in them, that they would become worthy witnesses of Jesus' goodness and grace. Bear fruit in them as they seek to plant their souls along your streams of living water, looking only to you for spiritual sustenance and godly nourishment. Give them comfort in suffering, solace in their mourning, peace in chaos, and joy through it all. We pray, God, that this family would be united, built up in love, covered in the blood of Jesus, emboldened by the Spirit and their love of the Savior, and knit together to serve others in peace, hope, and love, all for Jesus' sake. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. All right. All right, you guys can go ahead and have a seat. Mike Marina, stay up here. Kirk, we have something to present to them. Well, when I'm preaching, I get a little serious, but I am kind of a fun guy, uh, too. <laughs> and, um, you know, there, there, there is just so much joy for us uh, and Mike and Marina, and some of you know that Marina worked with me for a number of years, and uh, it was just a privilege. I uh, learned a lot from her and hope she was able to learn a little bit along the way. Uh, and that was part of the drawing into our missionary community. As the church sends out, um, the church is not doing that alone. We are part of a missionary society, the South America Mission, that has over 100 years of people making crazy decisions to be obedient to Christ in radical ways. And so it's not lightly that we receive people into that fellowship, uh, but it's my privilege to be able to say that Mike and Marina have been commissioned as missionaries of South America Mission. Uh, and in another passage than we talked about today, Paul talks about being a vessel worthy. 
And so we're inviting you in to do that in a way that honors our community and honors the Lord. We are a community that abides in Christ, that loves each other, that is part of redeeming the world, that suffers together, and that grows in faith, hope, and love together. So it's my privilege to present the certificate of commissioning as member missionaries of the South America Mission to Mike and Marina and Moses. <laughs> And of course, what do you give to missionaries who are leaving that only have a certain amount of pounds to bring in that? I've warned them already to leave at least a pound available for us here at, at GBC. Uh, as part of our love for you, love for you guys, we have actually bought an electronic frame, okay, that, thanks to Tom, works in Bolivia and Guatemala, you know, the engineer thinking. Um, and it says... Grace family at the top, and on the bottom it says 1 Thessalonians 3.6. That says, remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. And we have an SD card that will be uploaded with lots of photos from GBC that we'll give you uh, tomorrow. So you'll be able to go there, load it up, and see all of us from now until Jesus returns. <laughs> and the people you don't like, you can take out later. <laughs> no, just you can add whomever you like. So God bless you. Wow, thank That's you. Go ahead and have a seat. you stand for this last song? Um, I'm, reading in a, I'm reading a commentary on Genesis right now, and one of the phrases that stuck with me is, the church is unified in its call to be dispersed. And I imagine that as we sing this last song, Follow You, this is a declaration. We're saying, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you lead. I'll follow you into the homes that are broken. And we're declaring this alongside Mike and Marina, as a community that takes that call seriously. Um, so we are unified even as Jesus calls us out to be a blessing to the world. You came and loved the least of these, the leper and the lame. And it would be a tragedy to refuse to do the same. On my knees, you have supplied.
So tomorrow I have put out a call for a day of fasting and prayer. We're going to have an online Zoom prayer meeting at 8 p.m., so I'm asking you to join me. I'm going to fast. If you need to take medication, take your medication and eat food. The Lord understands. It's not a competition. We're calling out in repentance and in faith and trusting him to do what he does, and we're going to show that through the way that we fast and we pray tomorrow. So I'm encouraging all of you to join us, and not only be for Afghanistan, but for Haiti and for whatever else the Spirit puts on our hearts, okay? So please uh, join us. There's a link in the Grace Connect. If you've not received a link, then please contact the church office. We encourage you to leave an online review of GBC. People who Google things, you know, it leaves a number. We want that number to reflect who we really are. 
And so we ask that you would leave reviews, more than just a star. Put what you love about GBC on there as well. And all of you are invited to a cake reception. I know it's been a long service. My blood sugar's low. I need something. So there's going to be cake, and there's going to be coffee after the service. So immediately after, we encourage you to join us in the fellowship room where you can say adios to the shanks and bendiciones, or you can say ciao or te dio bendica uh, to the Italians, to the Whitmans, and uh, have an opportunity to say goodbye and that we love you. Amen? All right, Mr. Shank, bless us on the way out, would you? Last weekend, Marina and I got to go to a wedding, one of my good friends from college, and I just remember being there and seeing the, the hall, everything was all beautifully decorated, and just thinking to myself, we're all going to be at this wedding feast. Revelation chapter 19 talks about the wedding feast of the Lamb, and it's going to be all nations and tribes and peoples and tongues throughout all history. There's going to be Italians and Guatemalans and Bolivians, and also people from the suburbs of Chicago. So please pray together with me for the building up of God's kingdom all over the world. Father, we thank you for this special time together. We pray that you would work by your all-surpassing power, Lord, through all of us who are all just jars of clay. Lord, we're weak and there's nothing in and of ourselves. But Lord, it's you and your power, the gospel, the redeeming power. Lord, we pray that you would be exalted that you would bring more people into this family, that we would be able to have this celebration together, Lord. Thank you for your grace and your love for us and for this special time together. Please strengthen us, Lord, as we go about this week. Help us to depend on you and your power. And please lead us to the things, to the works that you have prepared for us, that we may walk in them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Go in peace. Yeah.